0: Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World, Episode 130. I'm your host, and uh, joining me today we have uh, two people talking about a very interesting project. Uh, one, Alex, has been on before. Good to see you back, Alex. How's it going?
1: Hey, you're pretty good. How are you?
0: So, uh, Alex from Faraway Games. I think you were back on just over a year ago when we first started talking about yep. um, uh, Mini, Mini Royale, Royale and your shooter, which is still going, still going strong. But I'm uh, not talking about that particularly today. And uh, also, um, also joining us, uh, the, the pseudo-anonymous uh, Leo. How's it going, Leo? How you doing, John? Yeah, nice to meet you. Good, good. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we are. We, uh, we, we we have uh, we have audio audio, but but no visual. He's, he's very very sort of a pseudo anonymous, some sort of chap, um, which comes from being um, someone in the mutant cartel, um, of which we will, I guess, talk a little bit about. Um, should we do that now, actually? Um, so, we, good to get a bit of an introduction. So, so, Leo, do you want to? Know, what can you tell us about about your your journey so far into sort of blockchain, crypto, maybe gaming, those sort of things?
2: Yeah, so, um, okay, so <laughs> that, that, that starts about seven years ago. Uh, started investing uh, through my family office um, in 2016, 2015, um, into crypto. I've uh, been running a, a venture uh, a practice uh, for, for the last 10 years and um, definitely, definitely uh, took so much passion and, and, um, and, and interest and, um, in the space that um, the next kind of clear move for me was to start Edenblock. Uh, which today is a is a web three um, uh, VC, mm-hmm. um, completely focused on infrastructure, um, at least as we see it. So we've been uh, building uh, a very very dedicated portfolio um, to that kind of thesis that we've been building um, around the space and and uh, backing exceptional uh, founders, uh, notably out of the UK and, and Europe, uh, but we're definitely global. And so Ooh. so that's that was like my foray into crypto. Uh, I've been doing this now for the last uh, six years. Um, and then i guess how i got into nfts and and crypto gaming and web three gaming which is what we're going to be talking about today um i've been a gamer my entire life and um, i also started uh well uh, found novel labs uh, which is the team behind mm. the mutant cartel uh, and the mutant hounds and all of our other projects and um, always had a, a very very deep passion for um, both web3 and gaming and, and um, with this uh, exceptional new brand, new community uh, that we started um, about 18 months ago, um, a huge uh, um, emphasis for us was um, to actually be able to create opportunities uh, as well as experiences mm. around our ecosystem um, that touch uh, on some of the most um, fundamental and probably the coolest aspects of um, of Web3. And so Web3 is definitely, Web3 gaming is definitely one of those areas. Mm. Um, and so for a long time now, we've we've been trying to um arrange and strategize around our entry into web3 gaming um specifically through um this brand that we see as a platform nowadays um yeah. the mean cartel and, and our own universe uh that we've been creating or universes uh the work that we are creating and so um yeah th- that's how we kind of got involved with with far Away, uh, the rest of the history um <laughs> but yeah we've, we've been building in the space for for quite some time and so um bringing the, the web3 gaming uh element into it was very important for us and Definitely a part of the vision from day one.
0: Cool, good, good. Well, we'll dig that into that a little bit more um, later. But uh, Alex, you want to give us um, an overview as well of what you've been? The, you? the, yeah. the,
1: the <laughs> traditional gaming background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I come back. I come from like the more traditional gaming background. Uh, um, I was at Glue Mobile. I was head of studio there, um, and then I was VP of product at Scopely. Um Obviously, after that, I started far away with my longtime co-founder Dennis. Um, and our first game was Mini Royale Nations. It's a you know first person shooter um, built on Solana, and we've been scaling that. Mini Royale will go multi chain the like, end of this month, so it'll be Solana and ETH, and then of course like we're, we're always looking to to work with like the best teams out there, um, and obviously that includes like the Mini Cartel team and We are, and our big focus at Faraway has been around like interoperability, hmm. so. And I'm not sure if you saw like our Ready Player Me integration. This was yeah. about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of our Mini Royale avatars, at least our season four avatars, they're two-way interoperable. So uh, Ready Player Me avatars are playable inside of Mini inside of Mini Royale, and then Mini Royale avatars are playable in six thousand other you know, Ready Player Me experiences. Mm-hmm. So it's like really really interesting. Like I think like interoperability will define. Like what Web three gaming is, and what 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 and what Web three game design can be, yeah. like when it comes to like cross game events, interoperable economies. So we're leaning heavily into that, and that sort of brings us to Serum City. This Serum mm-hmm. City is like interoperable when, in many ways as well. Like we're designing it from the ground up, which is why we're building it on ETH, right? So like we're saying uh, without giving too many details right now, um, it'll be oper- interoperable with uh, with other projects in the space where items produced in Serum City will be usable in other games mm-hmm. and then um, items produced in other games will also be usable in Serum City. So we're really lo- looking to like lean into like cross game events, like interoperable economies and all of this stuff that like actually is only possible with crypto.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because there's a lot of stuff that people have tried that you could have done like in, in free to play.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and, and but... I think
2: something that's particularly interesting even in how we thought about well serum city uh, as an idea in the first place is I think yeah like just harping on your on your interoperability point there and 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 adding on to it I think that none of, like nobody else is in a position to um, to do what far away novel labs did in the sense that you know you've got like two completely um, different teams um, at least on the surface they're building completely different things but um, specifically within Web3, and, and I would even take that interoperability um, element um, and, and really kind of play on that. I, I think that the interoperability of, of Web3 and, and really what we're shooting for is also symbolized by how we came to partner on this, mm-hmm. right? Um, this idea that, like, all of a sudden, you know, brands are are, are the platform, right? And so, in a sense, we, uh, the mutant cartel, having... Um, all the lore and all this universe and and, and all the stuff that really is needed to create an incredible game. Um, <laughs> so so in a sense like it really started with um, the interoperability between um, between Novel Labs and, and Faraway uh, at the kind of strategic level. And, and I do think that you don't really see a lot of this stuff in Web2. Um, Whereas in Web3, um, you know the the value creation around something like this is so clear that it was so easy for us to team up on this. Um, and and then of course. Um, To add on to Alex's point with regards to interoperability, I think that right now we've only scratched the surface of what that really means. And I think that in the long term, um, there's like one really cool property um, about Web3 games that Web2 games do not have. It's that inherent uh, composability, interoperability, um, as well as like permissionlessness around it, right? So like, that's that's a really cool thing. If tomorrow um, we come up with like, um, you know, we announce our partnership with this incredible new game or, or incredible new community or whatever. Yeah, that's like top down. But guess what? Anybody else, once Serum City is out there, can uh, benefit from that same interoperability. And so we think that that permissionlessness um, adds so much value um, to, to, mm-hmm. to 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 the ideas around interoperability. Um, and and so you know, being such a powerful um, and novel, uh, idea within gaming, I think that we're here to really just push that to, to the extreme, uh, both in how we got together, uh, to work on this, but also in, in the kind of, um, properties that we want to accentuate, um, in Serum City.
1: Yeah. And then we are just quickly there. I mean, right. It's like mutant cartel was a branch, right. A layer two of like the broader, broader universe as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's, you know, that's obviously like a really interesting thing that would never really happen. In in the Web two world, and that's all because of the commercial rights that you get when you own one of these board apes or mutant apes. So again, like a very Web three thing, and we're just continuing to lean into the Web three side of things.
0: I guess uh, I just was just going to say. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, so so uh, I, I'm sure I am going to be wrong here. So, but so, so mutant cartel is sort of um, it, it, there is a spati- there is a particular mutant ape that's particularly it's like the trippy. I can't remember what is the term, is, but it's, it's very sort of sort of when you see it you sort of you know you 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 recognize it and and that's sort of where mutant cartel came from it was sort of almost like that that sort of meme aspect of of it was a mutant ape and i guess we've seen different things with different sort of um different apes being in pop pop groups or yeah, we've seen there's a whole bunch of stuff around that and i guess that's um a a sort of cultural interoperability i suppose that you're making communities around that and then but then you did the um if you take a sidetrack you did the mutant hounds didn't you so that was I'm sure he did other stuff as well, but maybe can you explain a little bit about that? Because that, because that was, I guess, playing into what you're saying, Alex. That was sort of the um, the legal ability to sort of create sort of secondary uh, collections. That obviously it wasn't from Yuga, Yuga Labs; didn't make it. You guys made it, but it was mm-hmm. clearly sort of based on Yuga Lab type IP.
2: Yeah. Would no. That and, and that's yeah. no. That that's exactly yeah. um, that's exactly it. And and I think that look. So like today, that the cartel uh, started as. And and you know today it's by far the, the largest um, and most successful community, mm. um, not within you know the, the kind of confines of of, of Yuga Labs, yeah. which I think is is great because again like you know going back to this point of in permissionless um, innovation, it's like we didn't need to ask anybody's permission, um, especially not Yuga's, mm. for creating IP um, as well as like commercializing uh, the IP that you know I at the time owned, still do, yeah. um, and that and that's what gave life to the stories around the mutant cartel. That's what gave life to, well, this entire movement that, that we started um, less than two years ago. And, and and I think that like, with regards to the mutant hounds, um, that was actually, again, like an expansion of the same universe, which is based on like Yuga Labs IP. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like we were like, hey, we need some like really cool high fidelity original IP. So, you know, yep. based on this kind of like seed of uh, permissionless innovation that that was given to us by by Yuga Labs. Um, we were the ones that said, "Hey, actually, let's do something cool with this." Um, and and beyond just you know this the community aspect, we also understood that maybe it would be really really cool um, if you could add very cool high fidelity content, um, original IP um, yeah. to this this existing universe. And and I think that that's something that again is a huge huge um, symbol or um, great example of of what like permissionless innovation, um, in NFTs looks like. And, and so again, with, with regards to how I think to, to, to answer your question, um, how we think about, um, well, these different like layers, right. Mm-hmm. If, if you labs, um, and the board API club is, is Ethereum, um, then we are an application or, or another kind of, an L two on top of it. Yeah. Um, because you know, nobody needed to ask again. Uh, ethereum's permission uh, to do something cool on ethereum right and so that's exactly how we feel about the Yuga labs ecosystem and and about what we're building
0: um but i guess you know uh generally you know we're having the last sort of five six years when we talk about blockchain games interoperability something always comes up because it seems like you know you get it out of the box but obviously we've not really Mm -hmm. seen i would say sort of hardly any sort of even good examples let alone successful examples and that's Often because there's obviously technical aspects of of exactly, particularly in a game, how you might usefully take assets from one game to another, and obviously massively commercial aspects of why would I why would I potentially dilute my ability to sell NFTs in my in, about, about my project by saying people can use these existing NFTs. So 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 there's conceptually I think we'll, probably everyone agrees that interoperability is this big thing, but clearly you know you guys have. Uh, um far away who've made games and are now making a game platform to try and do these things obviously have mm-hmm. the nuance of this you know yeah the, the concept's great and fantastic but actually you, there is something sort of, sort of more on a, on a technical and on a commercial level that also has to be sort of put in place for it actually to make sense for people to do
1: yeah and then i think i mean the, uh, of course i think that when blockchain gaming first became a thing like everybody mm-hmm. was like how do i take the free-to-play game and staple on like a web three element to it. Yeah. So I think that was like gen one, yeah. right? Then, of course, like there's been some experiments with interoperability. We're not like the the absolute first, no. but I think it's also important. Who are you interoperable with? Right. Because yeah. um, if you're interoperable with a, an economy or a community that doesn't really matter or doesn't really have like a passionate base, like it's not going to do what mm. you what you set out to do. So, and, and that's of course something that we're, we're hoping to, we're basically hoping to take like interoperability to like a new level by being interoperable with those very, very, very passionate communities out there. Yep. Because I think that's where it starts to, you know, to actually um, show the benefits that we all think it should show. Yeah, and then I think I mean, the I big think... Qu- other, qu- I was just going to say the other big thing with interoperability is like, how do you balance it? Right. How do you make money from it? Yeah. Right. It's like you're talking about interoperable economies. Like, how do you how do you make this work? What if somebody decides to buy all of the items that your game produces that corner the market on that specific item? And then neither game, you know, that needs those items can actually use them. Like, there's all these sorts of sets. There's all these like side effects of interoperability that you need to sort of like see happen. And that's the benefit of running Mini Royale for so long. It's like we've sort of seen all of like these weird things that can happen, so that now when we you know go out and we say, okay, hey, we're we're actually going to you know take the next step and make like a, a really really interoperable economy and lean like fully into this thing that like we've seen some of the gotchas here, um, so I think we're better set up for you know for for doing this a second time.
2: Yeah, I think I think uh, you are kind of reading my mind there, um, Alex, because I, I I really agree with the statement that. Interoperability doesn't matter until it does, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think that like, what yeah. we're trying to insinuate here is that it's going to matter earlier than people think. And and the only the only thing that I think will accelerate that is being able to really worry about both sides. And so I think that like, whichever game goes out and says, yeah, like, you know, and, and actually, um, just just to be super clear, like most of the games um, in Web three so far have not really had. Um, incredibly interesting use cases um, where interoperability is, is, is heavily um, is heavily involved. Um, although what I think that we' we're, we're missing um, and something that we would like to to really um, to really bring to, to the table now with with at least our take on an interoperable game is we don't really like you cannot care only about your side if if you want that to be like successful. If you want like this premise, um, to really make sense, then you you really really need to actually worry about the other side. So you know on 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 our side, um, yeah, like we're worried about making like our assets interoperable. But guess what? We we're really really worried about where these where can these assets be used elsewhere, um, and and why would it make sense for for you know another economy, um, as as Alex kind of put it, to to rely or to include um, our assets. And the game's assets, um, and vice versa, right? And, and I think that like this is where the more nuanced ideas around interoperability really start to, to shine. Because mm-hmm. if if you have like clear ideas and clear reasons as to why should you know that property be introduced into a game, um, and build from there, then then it really instructs uh, your ability to create valuable systems out of it. Um, and I think that this is really what we've been missing. So on one side, like on one hand, you know, we're missing just depth um which we hope that you know in our opinion like the mutant cartel ip and and the stories around it um you know is is really bringing that depth to serum city um but also it's the fact that like we want everything around serum city and and the assets to have that same amount of depth um at the technical level just like you said and so um i I think that like the interactions that we're expecting to like at at least incentivize um are going to be really really cool to 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 partake in um, and ideally they also impact um, all of the other you could say web3 related uh, things that you might be that you might care about um, and so what what we really want to do is open that up right so we want like your game like your gaming experience in Cedar City to in a sense uh, be able to affect um, other games or other experiences that you might want to have uh, or might be um, open to in, in web3 and so yeah I, I think it's like, like I said, um, and like Alex said, interoperability does matter until it does. And I think that if you start out uh, with it mattering and build f- like mm-hmm. for that specific purpose, um, then you get some really, really cool results um, without really um, taking away from the experience.
0: Okay. So we've been talking, to, I guess, a lot around the, around the sort of outsides. I mean, we've not really got into, I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk at this stage about Serum City itself. I mean, the, you, it's a city building game. There's been, I think, couple of screenshots sort of released It's sort of obviously in the sort of uh uh sort of dystopian mutant sort of sort of art theme um but you know so you've sort of spent a little bit about your thinking about interoperability and obviously you know you're coming out of the sort of the 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 board sort of mutant ape um sort of a sort of collection why 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 at least what we can see at the moment why 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 this is a sort of a game um there's kind of city building obviously there's you know lots of games genres you could do um what was the thinking around that
1: i mean i'll let Lior talk mostly to this but i mean this game is sort of the the rise of you in like the mutant cartel it's like the rise of black suit and dark fang and how you and they're, you know, they're, rise two, up the they're
0: ranks. two characters aren't they they're two yeah the, two
1: yeah characters. yeah the one is like the the protagonist and one is the antagonist
0: okay.
1: right um but yeah this is basically your your story like inside the Munich Cartel, you rise up the ranks. Like they are sort of real ranks. So the, the, even if you go to the Munich Cartel Discord, right, you can see like there are officers in the Discord. There's like all of these different like uh, different levels that you can be have That is really interesting. Um, but yeah, this is you know the base builders like a really easy way to visualize like your progression, mm-hmm. right? It's like the you know the the bigger you become in the Munich Cartel, the crazier your base is, the more resources that you uh you end up producing and then of course like the the season one arc is mostly around like resource production um and then as you know future seasons come up we've already planned this thing like multiple seasons in advance Mm -hmm. um there's going to be new new sort of game mechanics that are like the the cornerstone of that season whether it's like pve world bosses pvp um there's a lot of stuff that we've planned in advance but season one is going to be mostly around like crafting, so like it's a it's a big crafting loop, and it's all around producing these like amazing items. They're going to have like future value, and of course like future seasons in Mutant but also in other games as well.
0: And the one thing that I sort of noticed, uh, and maybe I'm making too much of it, but it's sort of it's sort of. So maybe not the backstory, but the contextualization of it is is sort of the, the the mutants. It seems like a sort of looked down upon by the board apes, like the board apes are sort of like these mm-hmm. they're not perfect. Obviously, they're they're board apes, but the mutant apes are sort of looked down yeah. upon because they've drunk they've drunk the serum, which is it's called serum. Yeah. that was for people who don't know that was if you had a board ape back in the day, then you got airdropped to serum, and then you could feed your serum to your board ape if you wanted to, or you could sell the serum. And then the board ape then sort of spawned a mutant ape. So that, that, that's that's what the NFT sort of and then you've sort of you've sort of twisted a narrative not twisted you've created a narrative around that which is sort of interesting because I've never thought of it that way I don't know if that's you know you've just sort of gone with someone's flow there or you sort of come up with something but that's sort of interesting again from a cultural point of view that sort of Yuga that may be something that Yuga Labs maybe you know doesn't have in its sort of canon but you sort of as a side sort of canon come up with that sort of underlying theme for your entire game which I thought was sort of interesting maybe I'm reading too much into it I don't know
1: no, I think it's cool. And I think one big thing that's important that you just brought up is I think interoperability needs stories. Okay. Right? In order for... So you say this this sword is going to mm. be interoperable in this game. Like, why? You know? Like, it needs stories. And I think Leora and, and the Novel Labs team have been incredible when it comes to, like, taking the Yugaverse mm. and creating these, like, really interesting stories inside of it where you can layer in other communities. And that was the thing that honestly attracted us to, to the Muni Cartel the most is like these stories are really cool. And I think as people play the game, um, the game will be an extension of like the stories inside the Muni Cartel universe. And in order for other NFT projects like other communities to join like this you know, serum city universe and to make sense like inside of like this interoperable Muni Cartel universe, Of course, you need to make the items playable. That's sort of the easy part. Mm. But you also need to, you know, make them make sense from, like, a thematic standpoint. And I think a lot of games, whether it's, like, free-to-play games, Web3 games, a lot of them are missing on that, like, narrative level. And I think almost, like, when you're trained in free-to-play, it's like you you sort of train that story doesn't matter, or at least in the West, like, Mm. that story doesn't matter, get to the core loop as fast as possible. But I think what I've learned over the past two years in Web3 is that, like, at least for the community that exists today, like story is powerful. Like the narrative is powerful. and the speculation on where that narrative narrative could eventually lead is like, extremely powerful
0: mm-hmm. and, uh, one million
2: percent. and gonna... um, no, just to, just to add on this, I think like what people are really missing is is depth um in in a bunch of like experiences in web three mm-hmm. and and you know, same thing for for web three gaming, especially and 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 I think that, look, like, uh, we've set out uh, in, our, in our kind of microcosm, in our universe, uh, to be at least what we hope to be the best storytellers in the space, um, regardless of like where it is, where the stories are happening. And, and of course, we, we latched onto the Yugaverse as a really great way to, um, to tell these stories because like, they are the most important assets in the metaverse right now. Or you know the Ethereum-based yeah, metaverse. But... I don't know what Zucks metaverse or whatever um, you know might, might look like later. But yeah, you know we we, we had this vision, and, and and I think that like the fact that we've been building this mythology around the mutants, um, around these different characters, and like I'm, I'm not sure again like how, how familiar you are with our story, but the entire story is around this guy called Black Suit, um, you know, um, that just woke up after the mutation has no idea what's you know what's what's kind of transpired but he has this this you know inner feeling of um hey like we need to unite the mutants and he sets out on uniting the mutants and you know uh puts together this ragtag group of you know uh individuals a benevolent uh, cartel if you will um that that starts to uh, you could say uh, build you know or, or or cater to their own agenda not the agendas of anybody else not the agendas of of the board apes not the agendas of um you know the, the other kind of uh, denizens of, of, of the metaverse, and, and I think that like once you ha- once you come up with something that's so powerful, so like um, personal, also to the holders of that collection, right? Uh, you, you get somewhere, and, and I think that this is what, um, in a sense, like we really wanted to be able to bring before we we even came up with a product. It's like, hey, let's just come up with a story. The story is the product in a sense, and, and um, at the end of the day, especially especially in Web3, um, what these stories are capable of, uh, then kind of picking up um is 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 huge it's it's so big and and we've already seen like again yuga is the biggest brand in the space specifically because they gave people like us that power Mm. that power to tell stories that power to kind of be be creative And, and and i think that when we talk about it from the gaming standpoint it's like yeah people want cool stories because they they affect them not not like on a hey, okay, that was that was cool to hear about or whatever. Like when that story is, is, is involving something that you own or something that yeah. maybe you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on, right? It changes your perspective on that same story. And I, and I think that that's kind of a big, um, yeah, it's, it's a big lesson that we've learned uh, that I think that together, both Alex and I have kind of reached the same conclusions um, in different ways, of course, um, in, into, in terms of like how to build a really cool gaming experience um, that involves Web3. And and really brings the best of Web three and so so to us that story element that component of like telling a really cool compelling story was was central to to this, to this entire um, to this entire plan really.
0: That's mm. no, a, a good point there because I think this is I mean I think lots of people get lots of things wrong about NFTs but it is is that that interesting um, way you I mean people can own things as they say in different ways some some people obviously own their meat they got their mutants for nothing and some people spent a lot of money to do that but if it's something that they can something it's something they can own, and then if, if there's a what you're trying to do around narrative is actually I think sometimes more powerful than games. I think a lot of NFT collections just go you got these NFTs, and now we're going to make a sort of you know you, I wouldn't necessarily argue that this the, I mean obviously the sewer pass had a quite a deep narrative about what's going on there, but as a game clearly it was you know it, it was fairly sort of sort of basic, and and so the game itself is not going to get you sort of more deeper, more deeply attached with an NFT you own particularly because that game was very much a means to an end, whereas I think the, the sort of narratives in themselves that may have games or may not have games is actually sort of an interesting thing you're doing i'm sort of slightly blabbing now but the other interesting thing i was going to say actually you know it always you know mutants are much cooler looking than board apes so there has all, I, I I don't know I don't know how much of this is, is the is the mutant is the mutant cartels doing. Um but I think uh, equally the more that people like Paris Hill All of it. All of it. I like let, to say yeah. all of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
0: but, but it was funny when people start you know, when well known people, rich people start going about their, their bored apes and how much they love them and clearly sort of, or they maybe they did, maybe they didn't. And and sort of you know, mutants are sort of operating on that slightly different level anyway that, that yeah, I'm sure very rich people own mutants as well, but but they never they were always a slight undercurrent there. But um, anyway, um, one thing I was going to say, you know, how much contact do you have with Yuga? Because you, know, you sort of called Serum City as being in the Yugaverse. Obviously, you don't need to ask permission to do that, but um, but it is a sort of an interesting, um, quite how formal that Yugaverse sort of thing is. Um, and and obviously, yeah, you know, suggest you're sort of slightly sort of playing playing with it in a different way.
2: Uh, Alex, do you want to take that one first?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, well, we were like, uh, as you said, is an investor in Yuga, but we don't need to ask permission hmm. for to Yuga for for anything that we do. Um, we're friendly with the team, of course, but they don't need to sign off at anything, and we don't usually like ask them, "Hey, what do you what do you think about this?" Like, no. you know, it's just all we have a game that we want to make and a story that we want to tell, um, and. We have the assets like the NFTs that we need to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we just do everything without permission. And we thank Yuga for giving us the ability to do that.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, we're obviously uh, friendly. It's such a small space that like, it would be weird, <laughs> actually, if, yeah. if nothing was ever said <laughs> between us and between us and them. Um, No, look, like, like Alex said, um, I'm an investor in Yuga, uh, through, through my firm Eden block and we, we, we so believe, I mean, like even my, my starting the mutant cartel was, was a part of like, Hey, like I want to do good by, by Yuga, by the community. And I want to bring something new to the table. Um, but also like, it was a very selfish thing to do at the, at at the beginning of of the thing, because I said, Hey, I want to create more cool IP around my apes. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Like. Obviously, for me, it worked out, and, and I think that like this idea of of um, hey, you can do whatever you want because it's yours is still like so um, highly uh, misunderstood by, mm. by Web two, right? Um, mm. It's like it, you know the fact that this is even questioned is like oh, okay, well, um, yeah, it, actually, even if we had no idea who these guys were, um, of course, we're the biggest fans of Yuka. Um, I believe that they're one of the best teams to ever uh, work on anything in Web three. Um, we have lots of respect for for them, and I believe that um, Alex. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you've you've known um, Spencer for at least a few years before before um, coming into yeah. Spencer was uh, my old well, old so. boss at Scopely,
1: so obviously Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, we we are we yeah, we are very friendly, obviously. Yeah, uh, but so but seven you- and Spencer since the glue, and then at Scopely
2: yeah but but even the point of like so even if that was not like even if we were not uh warm um as a as a community even if like people would um not really know about us and and even if we had zero contact with yuga i think the the beautiful thing is that um this just kind of gets built by itself and look like the entire what you talked about uh, i just have to come back to how cool mutants are i mean they're fucking cool um, and, and that was like that was a big part of like why we thought um this idea would be so amazing the fact that like look there's no ape cartel there's yeah. there's a mutant cartel though you know it just it makes it made more sense at the time and um i'm a huge fan of like every single counterculture you know the 90s the 80s the 70s um like all of those um kind of stories play a, a, a or have a the cartel is deeply rooted in, in a lot of these stories and um, the fact that like, yeah, we are the underdogs and guess what? Nobody is rooting for like the rich ape that spent, you know, millions of dollars on you know, uh, just, just to get there. It's like, everybody's rooting for the, for the, for the smaller guy, everybody's rooting for the underdog. And, and we really wanted to like, we thought that, you know, as soon as we came up with the idea, like clearly it hit a nerve with, with people. Cause we are the biggest community in the space right now. Um, and so I, I think um, yeah, from from our perspective, it's all about being able to to bring that that kind of like I want to say specific angle or special mm-hmm. angle, um, and and I'm sure that you know folks like Yuga and, and others um, are looking at us and saying, hell yeah, like you know keep going because in a sense we prove their thesis right, um, and I, and I think that that's a big part of um, yeah like ideally we see 100 more
0: mm-hmm. you know
2: mutant cartels um, you know in the next 10 years some of them will be great. Some, um, you know, some of them will be different. Um, but the entire idea is that like, um, that's like, we're, we're, we're breaking new grounds here. Um, Mm. and I know like, look, Alex has been cutting his teeth, um, his entire life on like being at the bleeding edge of innovation when it comes to gaming. Um, we've spent the last like two years trying to do the same, uh, in community building. And and now, uh, guess what? Like every web three product ever revolves around a community. And so, we feel like, <laughs> um, again, with regards to Yuga, like I, I hope that this is exactly
0: what they wanted to see. Hmm. No, it's very much a case of the, you know, the difference at a high level between Web Web two and Web three is Web two is, is sort of zero sum when you're trying to, you know, get your share and you don't want the other guy to have their share. Whereas Web three is let's make the cape enormous <laughs> you know uh, which is what this important thing sort of plays into okay let's get into some some final sort of, sort of points now so um i don't know i don't th- i don't think you've announced any sort of dates yet or anything like that uh, um but uh is there any sort of rough rough sort of timeline you can give us what should people be looking out for we'll
1: at q3 yeah q3, q3. right now okay. yeah, q3
0: for
1: this year yeah Good
0: and percent. we'll of
1: course like release some more like screenshots some more little yeah. videos some more teasers um, and of course, like we'll be, you know, talking to the to the cartel community a lot and giving them, you know, a, a look at everything as we, you know, I think with Mini Royale we've sort of deved in public, and we're we're looking to do the same, like community updates and stuff like that this time too. Okay,
0: and in ter- terms of access. Um... Obviously, mutant holders and uh, mutant hound holders, and some other NFTs as well. They is that that that's sort of early access, or is that, re- and then you go free to play? So for
1: for for season one, the 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 parties that will have access are board ape holders, mutant ape holders. You're letting board ape holders gen- in? See,
0: that, that's that's wrong. Right?
1: We're, we're letting them in. We're letting them <laughs> that's in. That's just yeah. not right at all. And <laughs> and and then the, the, the their specialization. Okay. So the, that's one thing. I'm I'm not gonna um. I'm not going to leak too much right now, <laughs> but uh, depending on what asset you come in with, exactly. um, there's specialization. So it's uh, board ape holders, ape holders, hounds, and Genesis oath holders. Okay. Cool. Good. Yeah. How's and that- Genesis oaths are, it's a muni cartel thing. So cartel yeah, it's, it's,
2: <laughs> it's our first yeah. NFT. Um, but yeah, I think just on that, like that really, I mean, that, as you can probably know, um, uh, gather it, it dramatically reduces our initial target, uh, market. Although that's exactly what we want. We want like to create special and new experiences, um, given all the stuff that we're working on, not necessarily like, you know, reach a million people from day one. And I think that like, that's the probably the most sustainable way of, of building something, especially of, of like, um, that size and of that importance in web three. Um, so yeah, um, we, we, we will first provide access to, I guess, the most immediate, um, uh, um, you could say layers of our of our community and mm-hmm. and uh, expand from there.
0: Good, excellent. Well, I think on that on that point we we will leave it. We'll obviously come back at some point in Q three if I get if I get my uh, calendar right. What's that? That's from sort of September September uh, up to September, isn't it? So we've got sort of September, August, July, which are probably more like September. But let's we'll see where we are. With that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So thank you very much to uh, Alex and Loth. Uh, Leo, sorry um thanks guys for your uh, conversation that was really good thank you john cool. uh, it was a pleasure
1: awesome thank you so much John.
0: we'll talk to you Bye. soon Yes, well, we'll have to come back and do one, one about Mini Royale as well, because we have probably got quite a well, lot to say about that. There was, I've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been dipping my toe in, like time, a... to time get my head blown off by some, some much better players <laughs> than me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> the problems with first-person shooters, I'm, I'm it's, way it's off the It's changed
1: end, quite a bit. Yeah, it's changed quite a bit over the past year. So uh, cool. if you can play
0: today, it's uh, it's improved a lot. Okay, so the, a little teaser for for another one we'll do, but uh, thanks, yeah. for, thanks, th- thanks to uh, you guys as well for for watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, however you're consuming it. Every episode, we're talking to people who are building out this, uh, you know, in some ways, bew- sometimes bewildering. I think for all of us, sort of, sort of industry, but but clearly so so dynamic, so exciting. A whole bunch of stuff that's sort of never been done before. We're really, you know, five years in, really scratching the surface on it. So I hope you're finding it as exciting as I am. Come back next time, to see what's going on in the world of blockchain games. Goodbye. Oh, forgot me. I forgot me. Yeah, music but
1: we here. won't turn up yet.
0: Here we go.